Somewhere between Lincoln, Nebraska and Secaucus, New Jersey lies a very spooky town. A town so spooky that it's scary. The people are weird. Their stories are dumb. Welcome to Scary Town. It's been said that Scary Town loves to laugh. No matter the occasion, weddings, funerals, job interviews, brisses, the people of Scary Town always find a reason to chuckle. Some say that Scary Town residents just have a genial disposition. Others will tell you that living in a place that experiences 333 days of rain a year forces you to look on the sunny side of things. And still others say that there's a chemical in the water that's causing people's diaphragms to spontaneously spasm. But nobody likes the people who say that, and they are vociferously booed whenever they walk into a restaurant. Regardless of how you feel, everyone can agree that the biggest supplier of laughs in Scarytown is the Scarytown Lampoon. I can't believe they're saying this stuff. Pushed the boundary. If it was funny, do it. They knew how to party. It blew my mind. In 1970, the world of comedy changed forever. Two college students came together to publish a humor magazine that would break all the rules. They decided to call it the Scary Town Lampoon. When we put out the Scary Town Lampoon, it was revolutionary. Nobody in Scary Town had ever seen anything like it. I remember picking up the first issue and thinking, wow, I can't believe they're saying this stuff. If I had one word to describe the Scary Town Lampoon, groundbreaking. Uh, if I had three words, sponsored by Monsanto. The year was 1970. Comedy was yearning for a new voice, and America's corporate farms were looking for ways to increase their crop yield. I was just a punk undergraduate at the Scarytown College of Arts and Sciences. And I was the vice president of operations at Monsanto. We had just come out of the 60s, and a lot of young people had something to say. And the Monsanto Corporation had a lot of money and a vested interest in controlling the cultural and political narrative. But the magazine's beginnings were anything but humble. We were both at a party on William F. Buckley's yacht. We were out of our minds on booze and pills. Highballs, goofballs, underage boyballs, <laughs> you name it, it went in our mouths. And during this orgy of drugs and illegal sex, I shout, we should start a humor magazine. And I said, whoa, are you talking to me? Cause I'm not a comedian. I work for Monsanto. I wasn't talking to him, but the opportunity to do a humor magazine with Monsanto, <laughs> who could pass that up? The first issue of the Scarytown Lampoon was published later that year and was an immediate success. And the cover story was on Monsanto's new light-emitting diodes. Ugh, it blew my mind. Other humor magazines would have like funny jokes or clever insights, but not the Lampoon. This was just a list of features and business applications for a light-emitting diode. I remember reading that article and thinking, wow, that's what I've been trying to say this whole time. By the way, I'm the developer of light-emitting diodes at Monsanto. Why was it a hit? I think we were just tapping into the culture, and because every Monsanto employee was required to buy it. But not everyone was a fan. We were the bad boys of comedy. 
We did whatever we wanted, as long as it served the interests of Monsanto or any of Monsanto's corporate subsidiaries. And that <sighs> pissed some people off. One issue? The cover was someone pointing a gun at a dog. It said, uh, buy this magazine or we'll shoot this dog. People were really upset. But that dog lived near one of our plants, so, I mean, it was dead no matter what. We didn't care who we offended. We ran another piece called Smother the Vietnamese in a Blanket of Agent Orange. A lot of people didn't like that either. But for me, as a Monsanto shareholder who stood to make money off the Vietnam War, <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. As for how they made the magazine, the creative process was simple. There were two kinds of guys working at the Lampoon back then. There were the Harvard guys, who would do all the heady intellectual stuff, and then there were the Monsanto chemical engineers, who were doing these really zany denials of the side effects of Monsanto's pesticides. And we had two rules. One, if it was funny, do it. Two, always check with Monsanto before you print anything. And I mean anything. Monsanto had very strict guidelines. But beyond that, Total freedom. And along with all that freedom came a rock and roll lifestyle. The Scary Town Lampoon guys, and make no mistake about it, they were all guys. <laughs> they knew how to party. Did we drink? Yeah. Did we smoke pot? <laughs> oh yeah. Did we invest in Monsanto's Santotherm PCBs? What can I say? It was the 70s. But despite all the partying, the Lampoon had its sights set on something bigger. The silver screen. And then we got the idea for the movie. Scary Town Lampoon's Animal House. It was this very dry documentary about how Monsanto was legally not at fault for dumping mercury into Alabama's water reservoirs. We called it Animal House to confuse people who were trying to buy tickets for Animal House. Some people called the movie Monsanto Propaganda. Whatever you want to call it, it worked on me. And as a federal judge, I found Monsanto not guilty. But nothing this good could last is something you can't say about the Scary Town Lampoon. The Lampoon is still alive and kicking! With Monsanto's money, this thing will never go out of business, no matter what we do. And Monsanto is doing great, despite a long history of poisoning the planet and its people. <laughs> I guess that's capitalism for you. And I should know, since I'm the guy who invented capitalism. Monsanto's Scary Town Lampoon. In theaters now. Wait, not yet. Not yet. Not okay, now, it's in theaters now. The advancements of modern medicine are mind-blowing. Robots performing surgery, machines that suck your blood out and pump new, better blood right back in, prescription erectile dysfunction medication delivered straight to your door in discreet packaging. We are truly living in a golden age, but the medical researchers in Scarytown are far from complacent. In fact, they're leading the charge to a new era of innovation. You're up. How are you feeling? Where am I? You're in the ICU of St. Scarytown Hospital. What happened? Well, you were in a car wreck. I'm afraid I have some bad news. We did everything we could, but we had to amputate your arm. Oh my god. Huh? 
There is some good news, though. Your insurance will pay for an experimental robotic prosthetic. Uh, We just need your consent to surgically attach it. Okay. Okay, let's, let's just do it. Wonderful. All that's left to do is pick out what tattoo you want on the prosthetic. Oh, I don't want a tattoo. You sure? This is the perfect time to get a tattoo. You won't feel any pain since we'll put it on before we attach the prosthetic. And you wouldn't have to sit in a chair for hours and hours on end. You get a whole sleeve of Paul McCartney fighting a dragon and it'll be instantaneous. That's a pretty dumb tattoo. That was just an example. You can get any of the Beatles fighting a dragon, or all of them. Hell, you can get Pete Best or Stuart Sutcliffe fighting a dragon for all I care. Okay, I I just don't want a tattoo. So, no tattoos? Forever? You sure you won't regret that? If I want to get a tattoo later, then I'll just I'll just go and get a tattoo. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Once we attach the arm, we put a sealant on the artificial skin to protect the sensitive inner workings. If you want a tattoo, it has to be now. Okay, then I'll be fine with no tattoo. Okay, then. Hope you're not making a mistake. Count backwards with me from five, four... You're up. I've got some great news. The surgery was a complete success. Wow. This prosthetic is pretty good. It's just like my old... Hey. Hey, what's this big empty metal spot on my arm? That's where we would have put your tattoo, but you said you didn't want one. Yeah, but I want it to be skin. Ah. It's too late. We already put the sealant on. Now do you see why I was so surprised you didn't want a tattoo? That metal spot makes you look like the Terminator, but, you know, fatter. You have to fix this. Sure. I mean, I can schedule some liposuction, but I warn you, no amount of tummy tucking is going to make you look like Arnold. I meant the metal parts on my arm. I see. Oh. Well, we can remove the entire arm and reattach a second one and put a tattoo of skin on it, but... It totally blows up the golf game I had scheduled. I don't care. Just do it. Well, of course you don't care. You have been looking forward to this golf game for months. Okay, let's go. Uh, count backwards from five, four, three. Oops, sorry. Poking your organs. Okay. Well, you're up. Good news. The surgery was a complete success. Good. Thank you, doctor. I'm... Wait. This is just a tattoo of the word skin. That's what you said you wanted. Personally, I would have gone with the Paul McCartney dragon fight, but hey, your arm, your rules. I don't want a tattoo. I want skin. I want it to look like actual human flesh. Not the word skin written on my arm, okay? I hate this tattoo. Well, don't blame me. Take it up with Kat Von D. Kat Von who? Kat Von D from LA Inc. She's our tattoo artist in residency. She's the best. She can make your tattoo look all trippy. She can put bat wings on it. Whatever you want, but hopefully one of those two. No, no, no. No bat wings. No drips. I just want a tattoo that looks like human skin with no tattoos on it. Okay, I think Miss Von D is up for that challenge. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. It's a very easy tattoo. So count backwards with me from five, four. Good news. We did it. Just a simple, boring old piece of human skin. 
and the boys were totally fine with rescheduling the golf game. Not like you care. Hey, why do I have two robotic arms? Well, me and Kat Von D decided that the tattoo of human skin didn't quite match your actual skin tone, so we amputated your other arm and gave you another prosthetic one. Oh, also, we gave you a tattoo of some big drippy bat wings. You amputated my perfectly healthy arm and gave me a tattoo of big drippy bat wings that I specifically told you I didn't want. You absolute asshole. Good oh boy. If this is your reaction now, you are not going to like the entire back piece we gave you. My back what? Well, Kat Vaughn and I thought since you already had two tattoos, it was time to go all in. So we designed an entire mural of all the Beatles, former Beatles, and Beatles manager Brian Epstein fighting both a European dragon and a more serpent-like Chinese one. What? Give me a mirror. Give me a mirror. I need to see. Hey. This is actually pretty badass. I know, right? And just look at the detail on Ringo Starr's calf muscles. Are his legs really that strong? On your back they are. <laughs> thank you, Doctor. Well, don't thank me. Thank Kat Von D. Thanks, Kat Von D. She can't hear you. She's in the other room. Right, but maybe you could pass the message along. I don't feel comfortable doing that. What? I just don't. Can I tell her myself? No, she's very busy. Okay. Then I guess I'll just go home. Yeah, I was wondering why you weren't doing that. Do I need to get checked out or... No. I just leave? There's nothing I need to sign. Nah. And the gown, do I take that with me? Nah. Where's my car? You came here with a car? Earlier this season, we introduced you to Jake and Devin, two high schoolers desperate to find a secluded spot to throw their underage kegger. We received multiple complaints from our more prudish listeners saying that the party-obsessed Jake and Devin were poor role models for today's youth. Well, we thought that you might like to know that Jake volunteers at a soup kitchen where he stomps on heads of cabbage to check for bugs, and that Devin has planted over 300 saplings after settling his arson charges with state prosecutors. So let's catch up with our young heroes, and I do mean heroes and their quest to throw the ultimate kegger. Dude, this party is gonna be tits. Peter F. is bringing his whole men's choir. Whoa, even the berries? Yeah. Oh, damn. That's why we gotta drag this keg somewhere the cops won't find it. It would be a lot easier if you would help me lift this fucking keg. Dude, I am lifting. You fucking lift. Um, I gotta open the door to this lab, dumbass. Hey, what's on the door? A fucking nest? Welcome to the Institute. Please enter your employee identification number. Uh, six nine six nine. Employee identification number six D nine six D nine. Whoa, that's really cool. Access granted. Whoa, what? Oh shit! Oh my god! 
That's like the biggest glow hole I've ever seen. Shit, that motherfucker be wide open. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I heard you say that, I'd be fresh out of nickels. <laughs> Whoa, dude, you know I'm saving myself for Nisha Larson, idiot. My body will be as pure as freshly driven snow. Have fun with all your venereal diseases, asshole. Um, first of all, I'm pretty sure Nisha Larson is a chair. And second, it's possible to have sex sans STIs, you dipshit. They're called a female condoms. Maybe bing it sometime. Bro, first of all, you are doing chair erasure. And why do you always have to secondly make safe sex the woman's responsibility? It's so you step up and accept <laughs> OH SHIT THE keg. Oh, fuck. fuck! Nice moves, smooth hands! The keg got sucked into the portal! Where do you think that thing goes, Mumbai? Who cares where it goes, my friend? We need that keg for our party! <gasps> Film critic A.O. Scott is bringing his church friend! Damn, he loved Black Klansmen! Alright, well, let's go! Okay. Whoa, where the fuck are we, Mumbai? It doesn't look like Mumbai. It looks like the fucking woods. Shit, I can't find the keg anywhere, and I've turned my head twice. Damn, I turned it once. Same story. Mm -hmm. Oh shit, wait. Over there, on the other side of the river, those two hot guys took it. Dude, lift. Dude, I'm lifting. You fucking lift. Those swole ass motherfuckers stole our keg. Yeah, let's get them. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, these studs are fast. I feel like we'll never catch up. Yeah, but I don't mind the view from back here if you know what I am saying. <laughs> <laughs> Coming through loud and clear, amigo. Access granted. <laughs> Nice moves, smooth hands. The keg got sucked into the portal. Hey, hot assholes. Give us back our keg. Wait, you handsome guys are us from the past. Uh, but you sexy guys are us from the future. <laughs> you guys looking to party too? Fuck yeah. We got a double A baseball team coming. Oh, from the Texas League. Fuck yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, well, those sluggers are going to be awfully thirsty if we don't get this fucking keg. You said it, me. Let's go after it. Where the fuck are we, Mumbai? No, you hunky dumbass. We're back in the woods. Don't shit talk my dime piece friend, me. That's not your friend, dude. That slice of ass is from the past. Me and you are from the future. Um, are you sure, dude? I mean, we're all from the past now, but different versions of the past? Nobody cares, me. The point is, we need that keg from our past selves. Desi is bringing her entire coven. Dude, lift! Dude, I'm lifting. You fucking lift. Let's chase after those beauties and take our keg. No, our keg! Our keg! Yeah, our keg, dude. I'm not with you, you walking thirst trap. I'm from the past. <laughs> Wait! Huh? What are you four yoked out fuck ponies doing here? Um, we're all you from the past. Now you give us our keg, you little minxes. If you want it so bad, you four daddies can come and get it. Come on, guys! Let's kick our smoking hot asses! Yeah! Yeah! Ow! Ow! The more I kick my past self's ripe ass, the more I hurt now! Uh. Because you wrecked reactively feeling the effects of injuries, you nut-churning uh. idiot! Dude, I'm gonna bash my head in with a lead pipe! That'll teach future me! Ow! Fuck! Ow! Fuck! Stop, guys!
What was that thing we did this whole time traveling mess for? Beer. And a huge ass party with Gina T and Tina G. We've been so focused on the party that we're trying to throw, we're ignoring the party that's right in front of us. What do you say us six sex pots tap that keg, get buck naked, and have ourselves an orgy right here in this lab? Huh? Think about it. It counts as masturbating. Even if a Jake has sex with a Devon? At this point, who can tell the difference? <laughs> I'll say <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As far as we know, Jake and Devon are still having sex with themselves to this very day. Like I said, heroes. Well. That'll do it for this season of Scary Town, but don't worry, we'll be back soon with more Stories from Scary Town. Campfire.